It is that time, everybody. Time to get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Always a pleasure to speak with this man who I can't imagine anybody knowing more about the sport of boxing than this Hall of Famer, the one, the only Teddy Atlas is with us. Teddy, how are you, man? Uh, I'm good, Rob. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, that that uh, nice those nice words. Absolutely, it's uh, it's it's good to talk to you again. It's been quite a while, and I wanted to hit a couple different things with you. But you know what was interesting is is listen. I grew up boxing. I was a massive boxing fan. I've talked to you a number of times and read your books and and things like that. And I, I slowly transitioned into MMA and and training and watching and just loving the sport. And I see a video the other day of you with Francis Ngannou, uh, UFC heavyweight. I, I'm just curious when you, when you watch these guys in their stand-up game and you, you watch how a guy throws a jab or how a guy moves his feet, do you cringe? Do you, do you say, hey, that guy's got potential? I mean, I know it's different for everybody, but I watch it as a guy that grew up with boxing and go, man, what, where's the jab? These guys don't snap a jab. These guys don't move their feet. They, they, it seems fairly remedial i guess on a lot of levels for a lot of these ufc and mma fighters what, what's your takeaway when you see them in their stand-up game no i've, I've, I've evolved i'm i'm willing to uh i can be harsh where i will put forward my thoughts my opinions and i'll call people out on this when i don't think they're consistent so i have to be able to you know take it on the other side of the street so to speak and i've evolved and i admit admitted as I am now that I have uh, newfound respect for the MMA uh, UFC for the combat that particular you know those those specialties in the combat world um, that I maybe did some years ago I always respected their toughness their mental game always how could you not uh, where they can go to these dog cabins of ourselves and look at things that most people will never be able to uh, face uh, and then find a way out to to go into that octagon, you know, into that circle uh, where you face all the inhibitions of yourself and then the difficulties and dangers of a man in front of you who can use everything uh, basically except maybe uh, – banging you with his head yeah. or gouging your eyes out. So, <laughs> you know, that it, it's a it's a very serious, obviously, as my sport is, sport. But the way I've gained some, some respect in certain aspects of it is I always thought they were primitive from the striking standpoint. But then I allowed myself, as my podcast evolved and – it got to the point where we were we were looking at UFC fight. We were having UFC fighters on or air as guests. I felt responsible um, to look at the sport more if I'm going to have them on my show. And the fan base of the MMA UFC is is so well. It's so large now and passionate that. They came over to my podcast and they were listening for my analysis. So again, I, I felt a responsibility. Let me look into this more. And I realized what obviously any person should realize that there were different degrees of 
guys that you know were more developed in the stand up mm-hmm. in their striking uh and in, in the MMA uh and some of them were more advanced than I had really realized because I hadn't seen enough of them and and I started to see some of the guys though so what the better strikers, you know, whether it's a Conor McGregor or whether it's a Gadji or, you know, whoever it happens to be, uh, Adesanya, um, I'm sorry if I'm murdering his yeah. name. Adesanya. But, you know, yeah, and uh, I was never the Orson Welles of uh, boxing. I might be uh, some, some other things, but I was never accused of being never accused of being that. But and and then I started, as I said, with all the asking of us to to expound on the sport. I started saying, "Wait a minute, these guys." Of course, we're more advanced. We'd be in boxing, more advanced in in that area, but we don't have knees coming at us and legs and 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 um, you know forearms and elbows. We we don't have to deal with those things. You know, it's a it's a lot easier driving a car. You know, if you don't have uh, potholes and trees in the middle of the street, <laughs> and that's basically how the, these guys. <laughs> if you look at it. And you give them the proper credit and understanding instead of just saying they're primitive in this area and, you know, they're, they're just rough guys. No, they're a lot more than that. And to be able to do the striking, knowing that a kick can come out of the sky, a knee can come from underneath, you know, an elbow can be flung at you. Well, you have to, if you're an honest person and you got a brain pounding in your head, you have to start to reevaluate it a little bit. With 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 some you know compensation, so to speak, on their side, uh, you, you you have to you have to start to you know again adjust your thinking. And so when I look at that, and I look at the way that they have to be able to be calm enough, smart enough, uh, you know, reflexive enough uh, to be able to not only throw punches the way we do in my sport, but to deal with all the things. That I just described, that are part of it. You, you, you're going to have a different. You're going to have a different impression of of them. So, that is part of where I found myself, is growing in admiration uh, for that. Listen, there's still their best strikers are not as good as maybe our second tier strikers, to be quite frank. Right. But again, uh, our, our guys are not dealing with. You know all the all the all the elements that I just described, and it makes it makes for a different analysis, and um and that's why I did adjust my analysis my analysis of it. Yeah, and, and I think you just touched on what I've talked about for years. Like I said, I, I I tend to swim in both pools as I grew up boxing and a massive boxing fan, and then I've you know obviously transitioned to MMA. And you're right, the best strikers in MMA at any division. Yeah, they look good, but when people say, "Yeah, you know, Connor, you brought up Connor. Connor, he's going to knock out Mayweather." I'm like, I, I don't care if Mayweather's 41, 42. You're talking about two different level, two different worlds here, and he might be able to hang for a few. And I think Floyd certainly carried him for a while, but you see a dramatic difference in what it is when it's limited to striking, and you get that guy in the ring, and now there's talk of Connor versus Manny Pacquiao, and I'm like. 
even Manny at his advanced age could probably hurt Connor if he really wants to. I don't think that ends well for Connor at all. And people love to talk about, well, Anderson Silva versus Roy Jones or blah, blah, blah you know, and I'm like, he, he, I don't think you understand the difference in the, the gap in talent when it's strictly striking. Strictly striking, you're just talking about, you brought it up, a mid-level fighter is going to take out the best strikers in MMA, and that's just that's just the nature of it. That's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, and another thing that it's really not fair, and I'm glad you just touched on that, because if we're going to make a comparison, and we're going to have bragging rights here, which, which is part of how they sell these things. They sell them in two ways, these crossover events. One, in the way that they sell the, the Marvel comic book superheroes. You know, and the, the next Spider-Man, people are still going to go watch it. The next Hulk, people are going to watch it. The next Thor, people are going to watch it because people want to be entertained. They want their imagination to be fulfilled. And they want some of their childhood you know, thoughts and dreams and memories uh, to be reawakened. And and the same thing here. They the people want escape from what's going on in their life. And just like they watch the other major sports. But in this way they want to attach themselves also to powerful people, to heroes, to Spider Man, to Hulk, to all those things. And so that's part of what the draw is why even with Jones and Tyson, it's absurd that that's going to make money, but it's going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's absurd that there's people that actually think that Mike Tyson could go knock out the heavyweight champ today. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, absurdity is part of our, part of our life. Sometimes, you know, that we, we want to escape. So when we escape, what are the boundaries for that escape? It's all attached to our imagination. So there are no boundaries. So, so the promoters, they, 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 they take advantage of that. And I'm not even knocking them. I'm saying in a smart way, in an intelligent way, they take advantage. Like Barnum and Bailey said, there's a sucker born every day. You can sell something. So so that's that's what they do. And but in this in this business, it's not fair really for the to really argue Who's better, my UFC guy, my MMA guy, or the boxer? You know, when we used to trade baseball cards when we were kids, who's better? You know, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. Mm -hmm. But this is not a fair argument because when they get in that ring, it's only by boxing rules. If it's going to be fair, it's got to be by all the rules. Yeah. So I, I really sometimes I try to explain to some of these rapid fans. They say, Ted, who's, who's like, you know, who's better, the UFC guy or the. I say, well, if you put it in UFC rules, me, a guy who's been in boxing my whole life, who loves the sport, who tries to protect the sport for 25 years on ESPN in any way that I to use my 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 platform to do that, I would have to give in a lot of cases the edge to the UFC guy, and then the fight fans get mad at me. They steady. How could you say that? <laughs> well, if you're allowed to grapple, if you're allowed to come in low and, and attack the fighter, and he doesn't, and the fighter's not able to catch him with an uppercut before he gets there, guess what? Guess what? I hate to tell you, the UFC guy's winning. Yeah. He knows jiu-jitsu. <laughs> he knows wrestling. He's a collegiate <laughs> wrestling champion or, or of some kind of level like that. He's going to win. 
We and saw it. Hit you with an elbow. Yeah, we saw it, Teddy. We saw so, when James Tony tried it with Randy Couture. It's not. It's not going to end well. Of course, for, you saw for, it for any boxer. But people forget memories are short. Most people would probably be good golfers because their memory is so short they forget about the one that they hit in the tree. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they should probably go golf a little bit because they're probably not giving them a chance to to try something that they might be pretty damn good at. Yeah. But. And, Again, it's just not a fair argument. And so when you're gonna when you're gonna have Pacquiao, no matter how old he is, and you have Conor again, they're gonna say, "Well, the boxers are better." Well, well, it's really you're handicapping the UFC guy, and because of that, I lose interest. And the reason I lose interest, I know who the better striker is already, and I don't want to go. I don't want someone to tell me that they're going in there into the lion's cage because if you're going into the lion's cage with a UFC fighter as the pick, the pick thing is the lion here in, in this case that I'm making a point where, well, he's got no teeth. He's got no claws. You took his claws. You took his teeth away. And then you're telling me to pay to watch a guy go into a lion cage, but he's not a lion anymore. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he's not a full UFC fighter anymore. He's he's without his claws. He's without his teeth. So nobody looks at it, I know, in the way that I just spent, you know, explaining. But it's the true way to, to understand it from a sporting standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. And um, otherwise, it's just purely for an event and purely for your imagination to be stretched left, right, and and all kinds of directions, and you know, and fine, it'll make it'll make money once again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, last one before I let you go, I want to ask you about, and, and you and I, you're not going to remember, but we've talked about this in years past, and it seems like you know, as boxing fans, you first, the, the there are a couple things you always hear. A boxing is dying. A black eye for boxing. This is going to kill boxing. That's that's been going on for decades. And then B. We always hear the heavyweight division as bad as it's ever been. We could go back to, you know, when Michael Dokes was a, was a champion and Mike Weaver was out there. And, oh, it's a, just a terrible era of heavyweights. And then you had Holyfield and Lewis and Tyson and everybody, Riddick Bowe, and that kind of saved it for a while. And then, the you know, then you had uh, – everybody looks for the death of that division and the death of the sport. Where do you think the heavyweight division is now in terms of – Skill. I look at, at Tyson Fury. I look at Deontay Wilder, and I see huge guys. And Fury is very skilled for how big he is. Wilder, to me, has always been, if he hits you, it's going to probably end your night. He's a massive puncher, but he's not a refined boxer. You watch him, he's so... He doesn't look very natural in anything that he does. The way his, his footwork, he doesn't have... There's no flow to the way he fights, you know. I, I don't know. It just I, I feel like the skill level at that division has changed a bit, but the size has increased. What, what do you think of the heavyweight division these days? Well, first of all, the first part of your question about the sport overall, UFC is doing better than boxing in general right now. And I hate to say it pains me a little bit, but the truth is the truth. And you have no value without the truth. I don't believe anyway. And you, there's a reason. They've marketed this sport and they have a dictator running in place. And I'm not knocking Dana White at all. Mm-hmm. At all. I'm not trying to make him with Mussolini. But I'm saying the truth <laughs> is I've been calling for years for a national commission. 
our sport, boxing, is the only major sport without a national commission. So there's no rules. There's state to say, but there's no rules. Let's get down to it. There, there really are. There's a guy who's been in the sport for 45 years. I should know. And people do what they want. So each promoter takes care of his own little piece of property. There's no kingdom there for everybody. It's his piece of property. So he protects his fighter. He has his deal with the network. He takes advantage of that deal. He exploits the network. And he knows the network wants undefeated fighters. And they really don't know much about what's going on in network executives. They really don't. So what he does is he makes sure that he puts A's with B's. A-sides with B-sides. Guess what? B-sides don't win. For the most part, B-sides don't win in boxing. So... You don't get competitive fights except when you put an event on. Like you got a big fight coming up, Lomachenko against Lola. People are going to watch that. That's a big fight. That's mm-hmm. a real fight. But for the last six months during the COVID, there's been spawn sessions going on, by, and their ratings have stunk. But the UFC ratings have gone up. Why? Because Dana White, the dictator, says you're going to fight you, and you're going to fight him, and you're going to fight him, and we're going to make sure we take care of the sport. We're going to take care of the sport. We're going to make sure the sport is healthy, not not just records. So the sport has grown, the sport has developed. So they're getting better ratings right now. Now listen, if you get a mega fight, if you get a real fight, of course it changes the equation and they go up a few notches past UFC. But UFC on a on on a regular, consistent way of looking for consistency, they have passed boxing right now as far as what people are watching and trusting that they're gonna get a good competitive fight right. right now and that's that's i'll tell you that's a sad commentary and that's a scary commentary and it's a serious commentary that needs to be looked at for people that care about that sport as far as the heavyweight division listen all athletes are bigger now are you kidding me that doesn't <laughs> make them better but they're all bigger Mm-hmm. Joe Lewis was 200 pounds. Rocky Marciano was 185 pounds. Floyd Patterson was 180 pounds. I mean, the uh, Jersey Joe Walcott was 190 pounds. Ezra Charles was 182 pounds. These guys were great fighters. But it's uh, the athletes are bigger now. So they're big. That doesn't mean they're better. But they are bigger. They are more athletic. They have the ability to make themselves more athletic with everything that's available now in sports training. But at the end of the day, as far as the three guys that are there right now, Fury is a good boxer for a big man. And not just a good boxer. He's shown he can be versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, when he had to box, he boxed the first time against Wilder. And then the second time, what did he do? He pushed him back. So he showed that he can do both things. But most importantly, to his credit, he's mentally tough. He He's a guy that's got a good story. You know, he's a guy who was suicidal. He's a guy who had trouble with with drugs and depression. He overcame that. And he got up after being knocked down the second time in the first fight when it looked like he was gone. He got up, and and he was was able to show the intestinal fortitude you want to see in a champion. So, you know, he's a a guy that in, in some ways, I mean, he talks a lot and all that stuff, but you can root for that guy. You can root for a guy that that has found a way to come back, or found a way to live again, uh, has not spit the bit on life, right. and um, has found a way to overcome those things. So I, 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 I don't mind uh, the level of the heavyweight when I look at him and I understand it the way I understand it. Uh, as far as Wilder goes, you hit it on the button. The guy can't fight. 
A lot of people, I'd say it again in case they didn't hear me clearly. They get mad. He can't fight. But he's like a something of his gold glove uh, that didn't learn the fundamentals. But he can punch. He's got that great eraser. And as I always used to say on ESPN, calling the fights over all those years, punches are born. They're not made. Mm. Either you got it or you don't got it when it comes to that kind of power. And in his right hand, he has that kind of power. Yeah. Hey, Teddy, it is an absolute honor to talk to you once again. I'm glad we were able to catch up again. I appreciate it very much. Uh, quickly, before I let you go, i got about 30 seconds. Where can people find your podcast? Uh, that's nice of you to ask. It's on all the iTunes platforms. All I know, I'm a caveman uh, talking about the strikers being uh, primitive. I'm more primitive than any striker <laughs> out there when it comes to the social media stuff. Uh, but uh, I know you can go on YouTube and put in The Fight with Teddy Atlas, and then I also know it's on all the iTunes platforms. There you go. The Fight with Teddy Atlas. Check it out. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Teddy Atlas Real. At Teddy Atlas Real is where you find him on Twitter as well. Teddy, a pleasure once again. Thank you so much, and I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. My pleasure.